podcast starts now. Hey, good people. Happy Wednesday. This is Jay-Z bringing you your dose of the midweek muscle. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or whenever you're deciding to listen into this podcast. Welcome to yet another Wednesday. I am Jay-Z, your gracious host, taking you through yet another week of the midweek muscle. I hope you find that this dose is particularly helpful as we navigate through yet another week of getting to what we get to. Uh, if you're new here, thank you. Welcome. Um, we're happy to have you and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Whether you had a conversation with me or someone dropped a little gem in your inbox or your text message, uh, I'm glad you found your way here. If you've been rocking with me for a little while, you know we're fam and you know I love you. So what's up? Thank you for showing up and thank you for being a part of this community Again, if you're new here, this podcast was created to give a little peaceful and positive perspective to help you get through those barriers that can have a tendency to hold you up or hold you back, head and heart issues um, that can get in the way of, you know, achieving those desires uh, that we look towards uh, for, you know, just life goals or fulfillment. And so again, just a little power listen, a little boost in the middle of your week to keep you moving on. So hoping that you like today's episode. If you enjoyed it and you would like to revisit, I encourage you check out a few episodes um, that were from the past and, you know, just navigate accordingly. Um, but I appreciate any time that you spend in this direction and uh, for that hearts up. Now, good people, did you vote this week? Did you vote? Okay, I'm going to be 100% honest. This election day, yesterday, it snuck up on me. And I promise with every inch of intent within me, I did not make it to the polls before the polls closed. And I kind of, I feel sad about that because local elections affect us the most. Uh, whether it's your like local school board or school levy in your community or town, that's directly raising the youth that are in your neighborhood that are being impacted by some of the systems that we're either putting in place or not putting in place, uh, which in turn affects, you know, structure and order in the neighborhood and beyond. Um, big issues and elected officials that can have a voice within your community, either voting for the things that you appreciate, uh, like who has access to build on this land, uh, all the way to, you know, who's running your town, right? So again, very important. I just hate that it snuck up on me and I hate that I didn't get a chance to exercise my civilian duty, as you should too, because... It's a privilege, not a right. And we see all the time how those things get challenged. So again, it is not going to be the end of the world for me, but I hate that I didn't get to vote. So I hope you had a chance to, and I hope your voice was heard. Um, And I also think that if we don't work to change the things that matter to us locally, how on earth do you affect things nationally? So just food for thought. And oh, y'all. 
I'm switching gears. I am now officially a host mom too. Yes. Yes, I am. Um, uh, my pseudo son, uh, came into town on Sunday and it was supposed to be Friday. He had a, a rough couple of days making it here. Um, uh, but I'm happy that he's here. And even though I'm nervous about making sure that he's cared for well and having a good time, um, he's so, so kind. And I just, it's, it's awesome. It's awesome to have him. Uh, I could glean over him all day, uh, but I'll spare you those details. Uh, and again, if you don't know what I'm talking about, visit episode S7, season seven, episode one, new season, happy birthday. And you'll hear exactly what you'll know exactly what I'm talking about, um, from taking a listen there. So let's jump into this week's episode with some, that's right. Get your brains ready for the culture trivia. Ready? Let's get locked and loaded. What is the name of a group of fish? How many pennies make up one whole dollar? In what state is the Football Hall of Fame? What part of the body does the snake shake to make the rattle sound? What is the imaginary line that circles the globe? I left you with barely enough time, but enough time to answer. You better have gotten them all right. I'm sure you did, because I'm sure... You know all of this funky trivia. Have you ever seen, uh, what is it, The Weakest Link? That show is fun. I look at it, and I look at it for trivia anytime I can, and I play along with it, and sometimes in my head I'm like, oh, I know that, but I know under pressure it's hard to answer well. So anyways, tangent, how'd you do? Did you do well? All right, let's go through them. What is the name of a group of fish if you answered school? A school of fish? You'd be correct. How many pennies make up a dollar? If you answered 100 pennies, not a thousand, not 10,000, 100 pennies make up one dollar. What state is the Football Hall of Fame? If you answered Ohio, we're rocking. Not Cleveland, because that's a city. Ohio State. What state? Ohio. What part of the body does a snake shake to make the rattle sound if you set the tail? Because the rattlesnake's tail is what makes the rattle sound? You'd be correct. I wasn't looking for rattlesnake. That's right, I was looking for tail. <laughs> <coughs> See, now you got me coughing. Um, what is the imaginary line that circles the globe? Now, if you went into your nerdy brain, you could have been like latitude or longitudinal. Or you could have been like northern or southern hemisphere. And then we would have gotten real technical, like Tropic of Cancer or Tropic of Capricorn. But no, I was looking for equator. Equator. That's the imaginary line I was looking for. So if you got all of those right, then I, I tell you what, 
you did really, really, really awesome. And if you missed a couple, well, I'm not scratching my head. I'm just blaming the time because sometimes that's how bystander effect kicks in. Uh, but glad you did well. Glad that was helpful for you or just fun, right? Not necessarily helpful or maybe who knows. Um, but last, last week, y'all, good people, we kind of dug in deep a little bit. We got into it. Um, and look, why talk about growth and entrepreneurship and love and hope and checking in and all of this crazy stuff, Jay-Z, like, why we got to do all this mental gymnastics over all this work. All I want to do is sell my product or you know, do what I do best. And I agree with you. And I agree with that. But without looking inside and understanding why we do certain things the way we do them or without checking in much of what we want to do or talk about wanting to do can be superficial. Meaning it's, it's all talk unless we're willing to understand why the work is so important. Uh, like, Oprah said last week, when I shared in that uh, podcast last week, a snip of hers, she said, like, even if you've built this life that represents perfection to you and that fits your, like your life story fits into this beautiful frame that you can hang on the wall, even if you've built that and you've You've done all the hard work of building it. The wounded parts of you can affect that entire body of building of that hard work. And and that can be your family. That can be your enterprise, your partnerships, your life savings. Anything that you've worked hard to build and protect can be slowly uprooted through attitudes beliefs and or behaviors that were instilled or like hardwired within you um, based on what you had to do to survive, if that's a part of your story. And unfortunately, sometimes those attitudes, beliefs, or behaviors um, show up even though they no longer serve you because back then they did, but now they don't. Um, and there's a reason for that. Uh, and Dr. Bruce Perry explains the reason for that. Here, take a listen. 20 years ago, trauma was never really considered a factor in a person's health. Honestly, it was rarely considered a factor in someone's mental health. To this day, the role that trauma and developmental adversity play in mental and physical health remains underappreciated. Children and adults with developmental trauma frequently experience chronic abdominal pain, headaches, chest pain, fainting, and seizure-like episodes, all very common symptoms related to a sensitized stress response. Most doctors, if they come up short with typical medical findings, will label these symptoms functional or psychological. This kind of dismissive attitude only adds salt to the wounds. Over the years, your work has really been trying to address this. One of the terms I hear you use when you teach about the brain and trauma is sequential. We've touched on this before, but 
Can you explain again what that means and why it's important in appreciating what happened to us? Of course. First, anything sequential happens in a sequence, a set of steps, first A, then B, then C. And as we've said, the way our brain processes our experiences is sequential. All sensory input, physical sensations, smells, tastes, sight, sound, is first processed in the lower areas of the brain. The lower brain gets first dibs. This means that before any new experience has a chance to be considered by the higher thinking part of the brain, the lower brain has already interpreted and responded to it. It's matched the sensory input from the new experience against the catalog of stored memories of past experiences before the smart part of your brain even has a chance to get involved. But as we saw with Mike Roseman, the lower part of the brain can't tell time. So sometimes its interpretation of incoming input is inaccurate. If any of the input is a match to a stored memory from past experience, the lower brain reacts as though the past experience is the one happening now. That's a problem when the past experience was a trauma. So good people, I know that was very sciencey and very technical and very deep with the language, but if you were able to hear what he said, he said the brain cannot tell time. Did you hear that? The brain can't tell time. What do you mean, Jay-Z? I look at a clock all the time. I know that the brain can tell time, duh. But remember, he's talking about stress response. So if your stress response is activated, meaning you're very stressed out or you're scared of something, even if you're not saying the word scared openly to your peers, your body is preparing itself because you're fearful. And what happens when fear is upon you is that the brain cannot tell if you're fighting the battle that represented a similar experience like 10 years ago, 10 months ago, 10 days ago, or what have you. It thinks that that same battle, especially if it was traumatic, is happening right now. Even if the battle was physical back then, and emotional today, the body and brain thinks it's the same thing. So it prepares itself to respond, whether you know it or not. Um, and so again, is why check in this way? Or what does this have to do with anything? Well, these episodes, you know, around checking in and talking about trauma, they're not to sit here and psychoanalyze who you are, what you do. It's, we're just here to give perspective. And so there are reasons for why we do what we do, good people. And if we haven't taken the time to assess where it comes from or how members of our team can add value or why getting that wisdom and insight from someone else that is not us or that will not 
quickly say yes to what it is that we want to do, we are bound to repeat behaviors or react in totally opposite ways, which can be helpful in some contexts or harmful in many contexts to anything you identify as healthy, especially within relationships, co-working relationships, friendships, partnerships, um, romantic relationships, right? People need people, good people. And the quickest way to avoid people is to isolate. You know, I don't want anyone challenging me, so I'm going to avoid having conversations with others that will help me, or I'm going to avoid conversations with others because I think I've got it. So there could be a strong tendency to avoid others, isolate or zone out uh, in the phone or, you know, whatever, into my work-life schedule of my busy calendar. And doing that, good people, can create a relational hunger within us that puts us at a place where we need to check in because our souls desire it, even if our pride rejects it. Which brought us to the check-in in the very first place. The season is and will continue to be about checking in with yourself, When we started to where we are now, we're different people. We've grown and we've processed. We've quit things or finished them. And we've started new things or even new adventures. We've grown relationships and we've cut other relationships off. We've turned the page in some books and moved to a new chapter in others. Uh, Some of us are in completely new books right now compared to when we first started. Either way it is for you, regardless of whatever situation it is for you, a check-in is still very necessary for a healthy self looking to create healthy habits and healthier ways of life for whatever chapter, page, or book you're in. But again, and I repeat, you cannot... Let me say it one more time. You cannot begin to start anything healthy and try to do it alone. Yes, it's possible to do on your own uh, and to do some things well, but it does create this relational starvation and relational connection is the crux of our existence as human beings. We are hardwired for connection with others and relationship with others, even if the thing that we're trying to do is is as intrinsic as it comes. Internal growth, internal findings, internal journey. So good people, if you take nothing else from this week, I will want you to maybe try to grasp this because checking in with yourself is so important. You know, um, as we heard, we may think we are past something, but what we learned is that the brain and depending on the experience can't tell time. And this very much means that we can feel like we are sharing and doing things in a clear 
direct, compassionate, and typical way. Yet in reality, we could be coming off defensively, offensively, or even biased. And, and no shame, right? It may have worked for us then, maybe as protection to survive, especially if the event was a trauma, like Dr. Perry said, or we learn the behavior from those who we spent the time the most, like our families and, and us watching them and how they treated others or things unfamiliar to them. Uh, and we, we use those learnings as protection for ourselves. And while we think it helps now, especially when we're stressed, it could be turning others away from us or affecting other places in our lives that can actually erode the good that we've put into it. Take a listen. So the brain interprets two experiences similarly, even though they may have happened decades apart. You might see them as separate events, but your brain categorizes them as the same. You describe this as a sort of miscommunication within the brain. Exactly. And understanding that our brain processes every experience sequentially also helps explain miscommunication between brains. In other words, between people. Communication, after all, is about getting some idea, concept, or story from your cortex to another person's cortex, from the smart part of your brain to the smart part of their brain. The problem is that we don't communicate directly from cortex to cortex. We have to go through the lower parts of the brain. All the rational thoughts from our cortex have to get through the emotional filters of the lower brain. Our facial expression, tone of voice, and words are turned into neural activity by the other person's senses. And then the sequential process of matching, interpreting, and passing up to their cortex takes place. Along the way, there are many opportunities for the meaning of any communication to be distilled, distorted, magnified, minimized, or lost. Let's think about what happens when the stress response is activated. Frustration, anger, and fear can shut down parts of the cortex. When someone is dysregulated, they simply cannot use the smartest part of their brain. Remember our conversations about state-dependent functioning. The further you move along the arousal continuum, the more the lower parts of the brain dominate your functioning. In my work, we talk about getting to the cortex getting to the place where you can communicate rationally with someone. If the person is regulated, you can connect with them in ways that will facilitate rational communication. But if they're dysregulated, nothing you say will really get to their cortex. And nothing already in their cortex will be easy for them to access. This is essential to understand if you're a teacher. Because while the regulated child can learn, the dysregulated child will not. But it's the same for supervising people in a work setting or communicating with colleagues, your partner, your children, anyone. Regulation is the key to creating a safe connection. And being connected is the most efficient and effective way to get information up to the cortex. A tutor, a coach, a mentor, a therapist all depend on the relationship to be the superhighway to the cortex. So again, affirming 
this idea of the neurosequential model, and I know that that's a lot of sciencey language, um, but it just reinforces all of what I just shared. Um, but good people, I don't want to leave you in that space, right? There's hope. There is something, uh, really good about being able to look into that a little bit. Um, and I, and I don't want you to feel as if like, oh man, well, learned about that or yeah, you know, I know I have a tendency to do this when these things come up. Uh, no, there's hope. Uh, there's, there's definitely something good that can be produced as a result of it, but you'll have to join me next week as I unpack what that can look like, according to Dr. Perry and why we should set our eyes and hearts on the hopeful aspect instead of the latter as if we're doomed, right? I could literally go on and on and on about the subject, but I will cap myself. I will do my due diligence and put a block on myself to ensure that we can make the time fit within the time limit that we have together. Uh, so good people. I hope this was helpful for you this week. I hope it didn't leave you walking away like, Oh my gosh. Uh, but I really do hope it can generate a response, uh, for you. If you can't generate the response for yourself to ask someone who knows you and know your character, like, Hey, do you notice that I do certain things when I get overwhelmed or stressed out? And you might be surprised at what they say, or you might be like, yep, I know it. Okay. Let me look into that, right? Let me let me see what I can do about that. Um, and that could give some insight into where you can start. Um, so love y'all. Have a great week. If you feel the need to bounce an idea off of someone, please do. Because we're in this together. Um, we're not in this alone. Uh, so pray for me, y'all, if you have a praying spirit. Uh, because I will be pushing it to the limit, but I can't wait to connect with y'all this time next week. And until then, hope this was an impactful one. And I hope you have a time, a chance and a time to connect with someone who can add love, light, and value into what it is you're already doing. And until next week, I'll see you. Hearts up and let's go. 